0: 1100 a.m. and 100.9 fm. KWWN, Las Vegas. Ah, 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 ah. It's Cofield and Company. No one, and I mean no one, is going to outwork this guy. The man has unstoppable energy. Steve Cofield. We like Steve, (laughs) but we don't love
1: Steve. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield
2: on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: And we know it, because we feel it in our bones. It's Friday, Friday, gotta
0: get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the week. Friday, 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 fired up, good week, lots of good guests, a lot of good sound, which I enjoy. So thanks to the vast sound crew here at Lotus Broadcasting for cutting all the good stuff up, all the Raiders availability this week. We'll hear from Devontae Adams later this hour. We're going to sit down with football insider Mark McMillan, the former Eagle, Vegas and Arizona resident with... Chuck Smith, defensive end from the Falcons, former NFL player, but he was just part of that Von Miller pass rush summits last weekend. So fired up about that. Good hour on the way to close out the week. Willie Ramirez is the company. As you heard it, we're in the Finley Toyota studios. Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. The end of next week will also be awesome. Next Friday, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremony, new spot, and that's actually going to be the permanent home over at the DLC in Henderson. So we'll be there broadcasting live from 3 to 6. We'll try to track down some former Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Famers. I bet you we get Steven Jackson on next week and others. Be it's, going to be, it's going to be a really good show, and Willie's going to be co-hosting, and Willie's, you know, one of the great guys on this show when it comes to local sports. We just talked to Amy Purdy, Clark County Commissioner Larry Brown was on with us earlier in the week. DeMarco Murray's going in. We, about a month ago, talked to Ryan Ludwig, you know, former UNLV, local guy. Talked to Larry Brown the other day. Major League Baseball player, Larry Brown. We'll double up on that one. Um, so a really cool class going in, and Amy Purdy's story is amazing. Uh, Paralympian, two medals, uh, her story is great. I mean, she she was on The Amazing Race. She's been on Dancing with the Stars multiple times. So if you want to go to this event, I'm telling you, this is a musty event. It's great every year. They're going to have a silent auction. We'll intro that next week. Uh, oftentimes, you know, I, when I've gone out there, I've started to bid on stuff. And yeah. it's cool, man. There's some really cool uh, goodies to get. And actually, if you're not at the event, you can still participate in the silent auction. So to go, tickets are available for purchase at hofgala2022.givesmart.com. Calm. And when you think about it, now that the sports universe is growing here, what is this Hall of Fame going to look like 20, 25 years from now with all the pro athletes on the ground who play here and then all the baseball players? Like We just we were just talking about Joey Gallo hitting a couple of home runs. He's starting to bounce back. And Chris Bryant and, of course, Bryce Harper. Uh, we were just mentioning last hour, Andre Agassi, certainly a hometown hero. And Agassi now getting more heavily involved with UNLV and Bill Paulus and setting up a collective, which I'm really fascinated by this thing. And you think they'll be able to eventually uh, really take advantage of the fact that so many athletes are coming out of Las Vegas. Like Bryce Harper's a big UNLV fan. Yeah, he was showing up at games all the time. And that the potential is massive for this collective.
1: Well, I think as we, because we've talked about this since NIL has been so big and, and All these stories are coming out. We've continued to talk the last couple of months, and I have been high on the fact that, hey, this is Las Vegas, and the way that UNLV basketball was built back in the 80s, right, the Final Four team in 87, the back-to-back Final Four teams, the national championship team, I mean, there was big, big booster money. We've seen booster money help build a national high school powerhouse in Gorman. We've seen big money help build the football complex on campus. There's no reason why now that the NIL and every state has a different, you know, different laws in, in regards to NIL and how they can negotiate these, but there's no reason why these power brokers, the powers to be, the ones that have been whining for so many years when is UNLV going to be back on the, especially with basketball? Now, I can understand you complaining about football, but I believe with the energy level that we saw from last season, even though it was a two-win season, I believe that Marcus Arroyo, with the right support, I guess if, you, if that's how you want to call it, not directly, but through the NIL, I think that both programs and Lindy LaRock's program, I think they all could benefit if those powers to be, not to mention... Big time names. Andre Agassi is a major step. Don't be. And there's going to be silent partners. There's going to be anonymous donations. Greg Maddox, son, pitched at UNLV. You got all these baseball players. Very you coached ma- at UNLV. You mentioned Stephen Jackson. He may have went to Oregon State, but he starred at El Dorado High School. There are former NFL players. One of big money guy, who was one of the very first to have licenses when marijuana became legal. Frank Hawkins, Western High School, Nevada. Why wouldn't he put money into the city that he grew up in? Hey, well, he's fired up? I am because Close I, be- up. I believe on. that there could be. De- and you know, the guy that's, that's spearheading this, Bill Paulus. I worked for Bill Paulus for a few years as an independent contractor, as a columnist under Steve Carp at Gaming Today, and he resurrected that publication. When he puts his mind to something. He wants to get it done. Millions of dollars will be raised. You watch.
0: Number four. Do we need to do our 54 golf? Is that what we're going to call it? No, it's the Saudi Golf League. You want the update on the, uh, the standing? So, Schwarzel leads the London tournament at 9-under. Hometown hero, Kevin Na, who resigned from the PGA. He's plus four. Mickelson flopped a little bit today. He's plus four. Yesterday was kind of an ass show. Um... First of all, Mickelson came out and was completely passive aggressive with his outfits and making stupid statements. And again, I've changed my tune on this thing. Hey, if you want to go and make money, just say that's what it's all about. That, that's that's fine with me. And that you know what, don't worry about the Saudis. You know, you you do what you want. But say it. Yeah, don't say it. With, yeah. Stop with the passive aggressive. I mean, there was the 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 other day there was a a journalist got thrown out, right? There was a little dust up. The journalist got dust up, right, from Jack Del Rio. A uh, journalist got thrown out, which is disturbing to you and I. And they're going to have to keep dealing with it because guess what? They're coming to the United States for for more than a few events. These journalists are going to keep, and they should keep asking tough questions. So anyway, the guy got thrown out. He didn't. He actually, after he got thrown out, he texted, and he's a longtime golf journalist. He texted Greg Norman. He's like, "What's the deal?" And Greg Norman goes, "I wasn't aware that happened." Someone got a picture of the journalist being thrown out, like, you know, talking to the security people. Greg Norman's right behind him, but the journalist didn't see Greg Norman. So he texted him. He's like, what, what happened? Like, why did I get thrown out? And Norman's like, oh, I didn't see it. You're right there. Come on with the fibbing. Just own up to it. We can deal with it. What a, what a weird group. I just I hope there's a lot of good reporting done on this. I hope there's a, a light shined upon the Saudis, the PGA, money on both ends of it, the golfers, who they are. I think this whole thing is tremendous.
1: Well, it's tremendous for us because it's 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 a storyline and it's it's fascinating because we we're we're on the air for three hours a day. You're you're on the air five days a week, three hours a day. I'm here a couple days a week. And it's something to talk about. And it's something every day it's gonna be something new. But you're right. Don't sit here and tell us, well, it's a new challenge or it's We're golf, growing the or, game of golf. We're growing the game of
0: golf. Okay, is that your number $100 one goal? hundred
1: million dollars. Come on over, guaranteed, and that's not even prize money.
0: Oh, they, they think there's a one hundred twenty-five guaranteed going to Dustin Johnson, over two hundred million going to Phil Mickelson. Right. They, I believe the number was quoted at Bryson DeChambeau, who's now joined it, is like a hundred million. They offered. It sounds like they offered Tiger like eight hundred million dollars. The money. This spigot is just yeah, it's flowing endless. with money, but just just say what it is. Stop dancing around, guys. Number three. We're all rooting for Gerard Gallant to make it to the Stanley Cup finals. Yeah. Willie? Is it gonna happen now? They were up 2-0. Now they're down 3-2. Oh
1: man, I feel bad. I just I just don't know if he if he knows how to make the adjustments. You know, he uh we saw this in this 2018 Stanley Cup final. Barry Trotz made the right adjustments, stopped that fast flow and now we're seeing it you know I they needed to I believe they needed to win last night I think the momentum is with the the lightning they figured out what to do against the Rangers and I'm just not sure I mean it's gonna now the one thing is they've proven through two series is that they can oh, come yeah. back oh yeah so they have that confidence to rely on but they have to figure out how to get through the lightning and get back to their offensive game but they got to figure out how to slow that team down Number two.
0: So big news this morning. Hunter Renfro, Raiders wide receiver extension. Two years, $32 million. 21 guaranteed. So he's going to average about $11 million a year. It's a hell of a story. A fifth round pick. And he's turned into a go-to guy. And now they've got two of these guys. Devontae Adams is amazing. Really three of these guys with tight end Darren Waller. And Devontae Adams in the short time being around Hunter Renfro, he loves this kid. Like He's like, this dude is just like me. He loves to learn football.
2: His awareness and his his football smarts is uh, definitely he's ahead of his time. So it's it's actually fun. Sometimes I'll be sitting there just talking to him, like in the middle of an offensive meeting, and we'll be talking about releases and. He'll tell me what he thought, and I'm like, you know, this, this is fun. This is, this is fun being able to be with somebody who's a lot like me mentally, you know, the way that I approach the game, the way I attack it, you know, always trying to find little small nuances of whether it's the, something that the defense is doing or if it's with footwork that I do. It's been great. I've been learning from him. He's learned from me.
0: Yeah, I like what I'm hearing from the Raiders, especially away from the complex, off the field. Like, Cofield and company as a crew, we do the show. We never talk to each other. We don't do anything together. Actually, you you went out to dinner the other night with Adam Hill. But these guys are all playing golf. So Renfro the other day was like, Yeah, hey, we play golf, you know, I beat Devontae. So Devontae shows up the other day and he's like, wait a second here, what is Renfro saying about golf?
2: He made it seem like he just be killing me out there on the course, but he he's a better golfer than me right now. But you got to take into account, and I don't want to cut off your question. But being in Green Bay, that's seven months out of the year, you know that I can't play golf. He been in Vegas and Oakland, so of course his golf game gonna be where it need to be. I am gonna beat him on the golf course very soon. He's he's running away going to, to South Carolina, so it'll be a few weeks that I can't get him. But once we get a few off days uh, in camp, I'm sure we'll, we'll be picking it back up.
1: The best part of that was that somebody asked him later about when Aaron was here for the match and if he went out and golfed, he said, oh no, I didn't have time. Because <laughs> he said, Well, oh, I, can't, you know, I can't, can't golf seven months a year, but now I'm here. But then when he had a chance to go golf with his former quarterback, he didn't get out there.
0: Number one. Finals are on tap. We lead right into the beginning of the game shortly after six o'clock. Warriors-Celtics game four. Right here on ESPN Las Vegas. I love where we are in this series. You've got an all-time great team led by Hall of Famers. They seem to come unraveled. I think they embarrass themselves at the end of multiple games, one and three. The game in Boston the other night, they're flopping on the floor. Draymond Green is acting like a total jackass. Was he trying to pull Jason Tatum's right shoulder out of the socket on a free (laughs) throw rebound attempt? What was that? Then there's a loose ball. He's diving on the floor, flopping on a guy. Then he gets up. He's like, what? The foul's on me? Yeah, bro. They lost their cool, and then they doubled down on it by whining about the Boston crowd. They're like, really classy, Boston. Don't forget because we've had a you know we've had Carr and Clay Thompson take a shot at Boston fans and I don't like Boston fans but you're all really classy it was your fans like 2 weeks ago who prompted Charles Barkley to get up with a mug ready to go and fight them yep. so let's not act like you know your NBA fans your hometown fans are classy Boston isn't cut it out cut it out now maybe this is all their great teams have ways of motivating themselves and maybe this is a way to motivate themselves but Willie, I didn't think it was a very good look. It didn't sound good to me. No, and
1: it, what it tells me is that they're the they're in their head. And they they're they're mentally they've sort of been mentally defeated. Now the one argument that I'm seeing about, you know, well, the only teams they played in the finals were Cleveland and Toronto, so they never had to go on the road to a legit city and fan base, but Oakland, right? You mentioned earlier, When we had Stanford and you said the black hole. Oakland has a very raucous fan base. Does it compare to Philly, Boston, New York? No. Um, Do we know if the Warriors, before they moved to San Francisco, had that same type of angry sort of fan base that the Raiders did? So I think that they're they they they're used to hearing it, but what I don't think that they're used to is being taken out of their game mentally, and that's what happened. I don't know whether it has to do with Boston fans, whether it has to do with the specific region of the... They're just being taken out of their game because the bully's being bullied. It's the Big
0: Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Now, back to
1: Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio.
0: So Friday, we check in with our NFL insider, Mark McMillan, former Philly Eagle, was on a bunch of other teams. We mostly talk about the Eagles, and uh, he's been bouncing around the country. He's in Arizona now. I know you got a big trip coming up to the East Coast for like a couple of weeks, right? What's going on?
3: Yeah, I got uh, got invited to Washington, D.C. I'll be in D.C. on the 26th of this month. I'll be cooking off with some of the country's best barbecue pitmasters masters. Uh, so i get a 30 minute demo session there uh, i got two charity golf tournaments that i'm doing one with all pro and should be hall of famer eric williams and i'm doing my camp 29 as well for young kids uh, for the lift program that's been harassed and bullied so i'm excited to get back east man uh, you know i'll be there for like 10 days i don't know how my home front is going to be when i get back but hey man i'm ready to throw down and compete in the nation's
1: capital
0: so, it's uh, ESPN Las Vegas here on a Friday. Mark McMillan is with us, and now we're joined by a guy who was just here in Vegas, Chuck Smith, a former defensive lineman in the NFL. Chuck, how you doing? We were just talking to Mark about his uh, cooking exploits. He's got a big competition coming up. Can you cook, Mark? What you cooking?
3: Come on, man. You know, I, I, I didn't, I'm not from down South like you, but I can <laughs> grill, man. I can grill. If you're, I see you, you training some hogs, so I know the big boys got to eat. So, whenever y'all – I'm sorry I missed you in Vegas, man, but
4: uh, – you're doing an awesome job, but I'm telling you, if I ever come down south, man, I'ma cook for you and your crew. Well, you need to come down now, cause I can get in that kitchen too. But you know we oxtails, <laughs> greens, all that stuff, man. Splits with the links, all that, man. Oh, so, uh, yeah, come man. on now. Come on. Ain't nothing hey, but to do it. Uh,
3: everything's good, man. I definitely appreciate you uh taking the time out of your busy schedule, uh, to come on and join me and Steve here today, man. Uh, like I said, Uh, What you are doing, um, you know, just watching you from afar is uh, outstanding. And, you know, uh, obviously playing the game for a long time and life after football, you know, is a tough transition for a lot of guys. And, you know, for you and what you're doing, uh, just explain, you know, how did you get into, you know, coaching and and doing the academy and and all the great things that you're doing with some of the top defensive players in the National Football League now?
4: Well, it really started... In 1978, I watched uh, the Steelers play against the Rams, and I watched Jack Youngblood play with a broken leg. So that kind of always captivated me, and I was watching. You know, I was always a big fan of the Rams and some of those great defenses they had. And really, then moving forward, you know, I think in 83, LT was the first player I seen Mike like a pass rusher. His legendary video where LT, I mean, he was just rolling on people. So I always had a love for pass rush at a young age. I was really blessed to have a lot of great coaches play with a lot of great pass rushers, Chris Dolman, Reggie White, um, you know, down the list. And so as I climbed in this business and when I retired in 2001, I was sitting at home watching inside the NFL and I had already been doing pass rush training as a player, but I wasn't charging the fee. I always had a knack for teaching others how to rush the passer and, and do moves because I had always studied it. And at the time when I was kind of like a pass rush fanatic, it wasn't as open and as accepted as it is now. Back yeah. when we played, you know, Mark, you know, the first thing they're gonna say, "Well, you gotta stop the run." Yeah. Anytime you would say <laughs> rush the passer, a coach would always say, "You gotta stop the run." Well, we know we gotta stop the run. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We know that. So I went. So when I saw this, this inside the NFL, and they were saying, "Well, there's a new crap that's going on. Quarterbacks, there's a coach out there who's coaching." quarterbacks that people were working outside the NFL and it was the great Steve Clarkston I think Steve's from California yes. yeah and so he so this is 2001 and my wife we sitting on the couch and she said babe that's what you're doing because I had never really seen anybody else that were doing it like that with NFL players and at this time you know I was doing you know high school some college it wasn't it wasn't like it is now where, where I'm able to do a lot of guys you know I really had the idea to start up a company that specifically worked with pass rushers and my thoughts were if the number one position is quarterback. The only way to stop a quarterback is a great pass rush, right? To Truly stop a great uh, quarterback. You got to rush the passer. So I always remember the greatest show on turf. What happened with them against the Patriots? The Patriots shut down Kurt Warner. I remember in, I think 2006, Tom Brady rolling. The only way the giants beat them is they had 28 hits on Tom Brady, seven sacks. So as you move forward, even these last couple years, you know, I, that that's kind of that was the foundation of understanding the importance in the development of a pass rusher. So as I continue to train, I continue to train. I got a lot of blessings in my life to that help elevate me. A good example. What was it? 1996, Deion Sanders. I go down to spring training. He invites me down. Just I'm just down there.
3: Primetime invites down. Chuck me out.
4: Yeah, so this is how Dion is. These are stories people don't know how good this dude is to people. So he invites me down, and all of a sudden, he walks me into the house. So he picks me up from the airport. He walks me in the house. Sitting on the couch is my idol, DT and Neil Smith, Derek Thomas and Neil Smith. Yeah. And they take me for four days and teach me everything that they knew, everything. I get a chance to play with Chris Dolman. He teaches me. I played for a great coach, Bill Kolar, my entire year in, a, years in Atlanta, who's a, a Hall of Fame coach at Denver right now. Mm-hmm. So I started training and teaching, and then I had all these blessings. 2006, I trained Osi. He does, you know, has six sacks on Monday night. I trained Aaron Donald. I trained Vaughn. We start developing signature different moves, cross chops, ghost moves. So a lot of what my company does, I would develop si- systems and skill drills to improve pass rush. So as I continue to go, you know, starts morphing into coaches and you know, uh, general managers helping them stack the board because I teach a system, vision, get off hands and hips to four vital keys of developing a pass rusher. So to make a long story short, that's kind of how I started. And the you know, eight, nine, ten thousand players later, um, lots of time, hundreds of thousands of hours spent on the yeah. floor, I was able to master the craft. So some of it has to do with my football, me actually playing. But I would say I learned more working and looking and being around coaches and studying movement, studying yeah. the way guys bend, studying techniques of the offensive lineman. It's just been me looking and learning, taking those my mentors from before, the opportunities I had, and putting it all together to where I'm able to help pass rushers today.
0: All right, guys, sit tight. Chuck Smith former Falcons defensive lineman, and our NFL insider, Mark McMillan. We'll come back with the guys in just a couple of minutes and find out more about Chuck Smith's involvement in the annual Von Miller Pass Trust Summit right here in Vegas. But right now, giveaway time, 364-1100, 364-1100. Friday, June 17th, MGM Grand Garden Arena, great show coming to town the not fest road show slipknot and special guest cypress hill we've got a pair of tickets for you three six four eleven hundred caller seven you can grab your own tickets at axs.com three six four eleven hundred caller seven to see slipknot and cypress hill join the conversation on twitter at espn las vegas you're listening to cofield and company
2: on espn las vegas
0: Back here on a Friday, Cofield and company. We're joined by Chuck Smith, former Atlanta Falcon, and of course our buddy, NFL Insider, Mark McMillan. Chuck, part of the Von Miller Pass Rush Summit that just went down last weekend in Las Vegas. So Chuck, let's get into it. How did this whole thing come together with Von Miller?
4: Well, we linked up in 2014. Von's agent called me, and Von was a young player, and he was going through a little bit of uh, some things in his personal life. So they flew me out there as a mentor and i was there to help him just on and off the field and we also trained so i was out there for 3 weeks and i mean i'm living in the house with him we're hanging out every day we're going to practice you know he's training i'm there with his family and then you know we would train i mean we were training for hours and hours and that's how his ghost move came out which mm-hmm. is uh, we devel- he developed that and i was there along with him and you know, we ever since then we were. I've trained, I consult, as well as I do after-action reports. So every week, Vaughn gets an information on how to beat a tackle. When you, say, <laughs> when you say ghost move, explain. Explain what is the ghost move? Well, the ghost move is a speed rush move where you stick your arm out here, and when the tackle sits down, you bring it under his shoulder and you bend below him. And they call that the ghost because now you see it. Now you don't. Now you don't. (laughs) That's the coach, one of the coaching points as you teach guys. I was just teaching a guy in here now from Oregon, a college guy, the ghost and multiple moves. I'm in the gym right now, so I was a few minutes late. And so me and Vaughn, ever since then, we would train, we would consult, you know, we would do all those different things. And how the the, the summit came about where Vaughn, Had a vision. We used to talk about a convention, a pass rushers convention, years before the summit. And you know, then there was a time where a few players I want to say it was Justin Houston, maybe Vic Beasley, uh, like Calais they were all talking about getting together to train, right? Let's just get some stuff, let's get together. And people be wanting to train with Vaughn. I mean, like, like these NFL players are trained together, they didn't, hey, there's a summit. But, man, this goes on every weekend. I mean, they're training, getting together in groups. So they wanted to train with Vaughn, and Vaughn said, "Let's." Vaughn came up with the idea let's link up and learn from each other and turn it into a summit. So, you know, give him a lot of credit. And if you guys remember back, Mark, people destroyed Vaughn for that in the beginning, and they were killing their player yeah. for being that because we don't want our players to learn other people's tricks. And, yeah. <laughs> and now, isn't it ironic? you got a tight end <laughs> summit. You got an old line summit. You got a, you know what I mean? You got a kicker summit. You got a quarterback summit. So, Bob was, you know, the original and, and, and having that vision. And guys, you know, we link and learn and, and they truly help each other at all aspects of it. And it's about giving information on pass rush moves. It has nothing to do with scheme. We're not there. Max is not there talking about plays. He's not talking about, you know what I mean? What, 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 you know what I mean? What the Raiders are running. He's just talking about universal yeah. pass rush moves and how he does it, so he can help the next generation, like he was helped. And when you get there, it's like magic. It's just the sixth annual we just finished. Then we go into the film room. That is absolutely crazy, and it's fun. And all these pass rushers are around. You don't really get to see all of them, but it's a plethora of pass rushers that are all around. Link some big names. They don't want to be on camera. Some small right. names. You mm-hmm. know, they they have that opportunity. But we've. Uh, it's really. Taking a life of its own, and it has just added another level to the craft as far as pass rush, and continues to put pass rush in, you know, at the forefront of why it's one of the most important skills to develop in the NFL.
3: I know you mentioned uh, Max's name. Obviously, they got a big free agent, uh, you know, Jones, yeah. Cardinals. What do you, what do you see that duo doing
4: uh, this year? I see them being one of the tops in the league. I mean, they're both proven. I think the biggest thing that's proven about them, they got the killer mindset. So you already know when they're healthy, they're going to have success. They're going to dominate. Both of them are highly acclaimed pass rushers. And most importantly, they have signature moves that win. That's number one. Anybody the Raiders have ever drafted that had not had success, they don't have signature moves. When you think of all the great ones, Mark, if I close my eyes, Steve, I can visualize Reggie White's Rip Hump. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can go back to Greg Townsend and see Greg's yeah, yeah. red pump. You know what I mean? I see William Fuller. I see Derek Thomas bending. I yeah. see Dwight Freeney with his spin. I see Osi with the cross chop. But if I were to name some players that don't get sacks, you can't tell their signature moves. So how that relates to Max and Chandler, they both have signature moves. Matt can, Max can spin. You know, he uses the side scissor swipe. Chandler Jones uses... Ghost moves, he uses spins, he uses crook killer with the cross chop. So, because of those techniques, things that we've seen that they will do, there will be no drop off. The only challenge a good pass rush truly has if his offense does not give him opportunities to get a lead. So, those guys they got offense, the Raiders have everything they need to have a chance to win a Super Bowl, and those two guys it's rare. That you see two guys that are yeah. really dogs like that, that you know when they come to camp, you know what they bring. I mean, I I I I wouldn't even question right now if they're going to not have success. They're going to have success. I can guarantee it. Those right. guys are going to kill it, and it's uh, it's amazing that they were able to get Chandler Jones, and he's a, I mean, just an upgrade from anybody they've had. or They brought in and let go. Yeah, it, it's
3: been a while. I mean, you know, I'm just when well, you just mentioned those two. When you have two bookends like that, yeah. you know that's, that's really rare. Even back in the day uh, in football, I, I remember I played with Clyde Simmons and Reggie White. Yeah, yeah. You know, those were the two bookends. And you go to Kansas City, you got Derek Thomas and Neil Smith, and everybody see what those guys were able to accomplish. I see Cameron Jones and, and Max, you know, putting up those same kind of numbers. And performance. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Max Crosby. Have always been, uh, especially with the stuff that he's been able to overcome off the field, see him dominate like that on the field. Uh, you see a lot of guys like, oh, you know, they overpaid him and all that. But as a defensive back, I don't care what you pay a defensive uh, lineman. If he can get to the quarterback and make my
4: job easier, give him the money. <laughs> Listen, Max is by no way overpaid. and Anybody that says that. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. Right. Look at what Max did last year. His numbers. Look, Max could have had 20 sacks easy. He was, listen, Max was as productive as anyone in the league. Hitting quarterbacks. But when you play against teams that he's playing against, they're getting the ball out quick. Don't look at his win rate. I mean, it's beyond ridiculous. So Max Crosby, and think about it like this for Raiders. If there's a Raiders fan that says that out there, what was it like before him? Begging for a pass rusher. You've been drafting for a pass rusher. Max Crosby's the truth. And I'll tell you this. He is a, he is, people say, who's the face of the program? Who's the face of the Raiders? Is it Carr? Yeah, a little bit. But who's out there more? It's Max Crosby. Yeah. Max Crosby is the face of the Raiders. He's tough. He's physical. And most important, there's nobody in the Raiders right now that represents the Raiders like he do, wherever he goes. He's always recognized. He's out and about. So most of the raiders, again, not a shot. And I don't know what each one of them does, but I know one thing: Max Crosby is an asset. and He's just going to be better.
0: Chuck, tell people how they can get in touch with you to get involved. If they, you know, if they've got a kid or you know, they want to get involved in the uh, learning the art of the pass rush.
4: They can reach me at Chuck Smith NFL. If they're on Twitter, they can DM me there or send a comment. They can reach me at Chuck Smith Training Systems on. Instagram, but also you can go to ChuckSmithTraining.com uh, is my website, and you can always hit me up on the on the uh, office line, 1-833-222-SAC. That's one 222 7225 I know it sounds like an infomercial, guys.
0: Thanks, Chuck. We appreciate it.
4: I appreciate the time, guys. Thank you.
0: Chuck Smith with Mark McMillan. All right, let's close in a couple of things, Mark. You mentioned UNLV and Doug Brumfield, and you guys were talking about JUCOs. You know It's real interesting what's developing now uh, because teams want to get old and then stay old. I'm seeing less high school kids offered straight out. I think a lot of them are going to have to go to prep or JUCO, and we've been talking about the UNLV roster. Marcus Arroyo is under a little more pressure in year three to win, and he's going with some older guys. They just had a big rush in their third. There is now a third recruiting period. They just had a big rush of bringing in a few more transfers, but then a ton of JUCO players. So it's interesting. Back in your day, JUCO was big. Then I think it took a dip up until about three years ago. This could yeah. re-energize the JUCO ranks because there's going to be a lot of high school kids who don't get a chance to go right to D1. I think a lot of D1 schools are like, hey, you know what? Let someone else develop them and let them mature there, and then we'll take them.
3: Yeah, like I if you're trying to win quickly as well, uh, you take UNLV, for example. They need to win right now. Um, You know, so you can't go and get a kid that's 18 that was a star in high school, but you really don't know if he's proven at that kind of level. You can go to JUCO and you get a guy that's played against guys that's been bounced back or guys that's older, physical, get a chance to go to school, go to the classes. Like, all that stuff really matters. Um, And and like I said, I was so prepared after going two years of junior college to go to the University of Alabama because I studied like a college student. Um, I played with some really big-time players uh, in JUCO, um, you know, guys that, you know, I played against Jamal Anderson, you know, who was a running back for the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> so I played against some some really good guys uh, in the JUCO ranks, you know, Daphne and, and uh, Chris Mims, who we mentioned, who ended up playing in the National Football League. So we were playing against NFL guys, you know, in JUCO that was already prepared. So UNLV, you know, the JUCO ranks will be huge for those guys to dive in and just try to go and get these guys to win right now because we know you know, they're under a lot of fire there in UNLV, and they need to win games right now.
0: Mark McMillan's with us, Grillin McMillan. I know the spices are starting to take off. Maybe there's some stuff you can talk about down the road. There could be some big deals on the way, but I want to finish where we started, and that was the uh, barbecue competition you're going to be in in D.C. So we talked about how competitive that whole environment is. Do they tell you? What do you have to make or can you pick what you're going to make?
3: Um, I, I can pick what I'm going to make, which is good, you know, because if they just throw it like Hi. these barbecue dishes on the on the uh, show, it's like, hey, you got to cook a brisket and you got to cook a duck or some pheasant or a deer. I was like, bro, I'm from Cali. We, don't... I've never even seen a deer until I went down south. So, <laughs> you know, I'm going to cook some tri-tip. Uh, I'm going to cook some ribs. And, you know, if they ask me to cook a brisket, I got to cook the brisket, but, you know, they gave me the open opportunity to, uh, you know, pick the meat and protein that I like. And I, they're supposed to be expecting expected like over 50,000 people mm. to be at this festival over the over the two-day event. So I'm excited, man. I'm going to be on stage. And I know the barbecue pitmaster guys that's been in the game for a while, they're going to be like, this guy's a football player. So I'm going to bring my A game. And I'm bringing my helmet and my mouthpiece just in case somebody want to pop off.
0: Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it, Steve. There he is, Mark McMillan. Thanks to Mark for setting us up with former NFLer Chuck Smith. We got Aces basketball this weekend. Las Vegas on the road. We got a watch party at Parkway Tavern, the district. Parkway Tavern, DeMon, is going to be on the scene with tons of prizes. Parkway Tavern will have food and drink specials. Game starts at 6 tomorrow. Watch the Aces take on the Sparks with DeMon at Parkway Tavern in the district. More of Cofield and Company is on the way. Live in the Finley Toyota studios, Cofield and Company presents.
3: Grab bag.
1: Don't touch it. Don't even look
0: at it. Only
3: on ESPN Las Vegas. Vegas. What's, what's,
0: what's Cofield and Company wrapping up things here on a Friday. Willie's here, Cofield. Thanks to Chuck Smith, Mark McMillan, for hopping on the show. NBA Finals game number four. I mean, this is it. Can't fall down 3-1. Come on, Warriors. You got to respond to games at 6 o'clock on ESPN Las Vegas. On the
3: crowd's uh, response to Draymond, classy, very classy.
1: We played in front of rude people before,
0: dropping F-bombs with children in the crowd. Real classy. Good job, Boston. Vermont, how do you feel you played? Like- yeah, that was great. Clay Thompson, cursing in front of kids. Both Kerr and Thompson, classy, and then Draymond walks in with his kid, and he's dropping, you know, S-bombs. Okay, guys, we may want to get together on this whole we're offended thing. This whole narrative, we're very sensitive. Cut it out.
1: Just go out and play. Stick your hand in there, Dave.
0: Do we want Oscar De La Hoya to be the mayor of Las Vegas? No. What the hell is happening here? Why is he even saying this?
1: I, I, I don't know.
0: Maybe he's a Manny Come on, Pacquiao. dude. I thought
1: maybe he's emulating Manny Pacquiao. He went
0: to rehab, right? Yeah. Right. We're all good now.
1: <laughs> it was. <laughs> Where is this coming from? It was so, you said something earlier in the show. You said something like something about smell and get a smell. What, what were you, and, and the first it's thing the I dozen, thought of was it the sniff up. Get <laughs> yeah. a sniff. Of, okay.
0: I should have said that instead of the smell test. That's not the way I meant it.
1: The smell test. That's yeah, what you yeah, said. Yeah. yeah. yeah well,
0: does, does he pass? That's these? the way I meant it. <laughs> Does he pass the sniff test? I was
1: never a fan. I covered De La Hoya era when I was with the Las Vegas Sentinel Voice in the early 90s, and he came back from Barcelona. I was never a fan of covering Oscar De La Hoya. Why? He just, the same attitude that he had after. And now as a promoter. He's always just been very boisterous, very arrogant, even as a young kid. He just, I just never,
0: I just never mm. did. I oh, just, boy. Yeah. So this exchange was from Twitter. Someone wants to know if you're still running for president in 2024. De La Hoya said no. Uh, This, I guess, was an interview. You're putting both uh, the comeback and the presidential run to bed. De La Hoya, well, there might uh, might be some opportunities in Vegas to run for mayor. De La Hoya's like, imagine that. Host said, why not California? What makes you go to Vegas? DLH says, I'm actually building a home in Vegas. Should have done it a long time ago.
1: I don't know. We've already brought up a, a hometown here. I'd rather see it. How about How about we get Agassiz? Somebody campaign for Agassiz.
0: Stick your hand in there, Dave. Theft of the week, at least from a headline standpoint in Las Vegas. <laughs> Porn star accused of stealing cab on the strip with a passenger inside. Bally's. Cabby gets out to help a lady get out of the cab. This jackass... Jumps in the cab, speeds off, drives 60 miles. Let the lady out about a mile from the strip. Oh, the lady claims he told her, you know what, this is your one chance, get out. And then he drove 60 miles before they they laid out the, the, uh, the strips, yeah, yeah, yeah. the spikes, yeah. flattened things out. So, Ari, I know uh, generally when we talk porn stars, right, Lisa Ann, you'll do a lot of research the night before. Did you look up? This guy, because I did, I gotta tell you,
1: you weren't impressed.
0: Not impressed. Stealing my line. Not impressed. Come on, fella. <laughs> Maybe his career's over. Maybe his uh, career's over. I'm just gonna put this out there that Go you bring could, the hammer. You
1: could send me the, the. I mean the the zaniest. It doesn't matter. Story involving a male porn star. Not, I am never going to up. look up and research. Not look it up. If it's a female. I'm all in. You're all in? Okay. I, I, I will do the research for the show. Doesn't mean I'm all in on, well, whatever. Anyway. We got it.
0: Stick your hand in there, Dave. Jamarcus Russell in the news. What's going on here? Is he talking about some of his problems he had with uh, stuff he ingested?
1: Yeah, he, you know, he he did a a, a, a self, self-written self story here on, on Players Tribune, and it, the lead is, first time I drank codeine, I was 14 years old. Yeah. And he went on to just talk about how he he's not a big fan of painkillers. I feel him on that. Um, but when he did get injured, um, that he would just, and and it's funny how he worded but he just said, you know, I would just fill up my cup with with some drink, And drank is basically lean, you know, heavily laced cough syrup with the codeine in it. And that's how he dealt with it. But the one line that I read in here, in college, in the NFL, they were handing out that S word like Skittles. It's a scary thought with with, with the what, what we got going on, Steve. You know, I just had surgery, and I'm up front with my doctor, with my PT, with my surgeon. Hey, I'm letting you know up front. I used to, t- mm-hmm. I used to be prescribed tap so yeah. I, I, I make sure I want to be controlled with this. I want to limited. I don't do not give me this. And I was very upfront and 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 stayed in contact the entire time. And we limited what and um. Very limited with what I took. So I understand the painkillers. Now the fact that he was drinking lean or codeine at fourteen years old, young age, it's a scary thought because that's what kids these days get used to. And it, it's sort of a gateway to to that can lead to other things. So it's a it's a something I
0: suggest a lot of people
1: read. Stick your hand in there, Dave.
0: You have a new story out with AP on Patriots West. So what's in the story? What's the theme?
1: Well, the theme is that there was a lot of Patriot love that we've heard the first two OTA days and then three day mini camp. And that, you know, you got Darren Waller talking about how he's watching Gronkowski run wild. He's excited to see what McDaniels is implementing and how he'll be used. You got Derek Carr talking about how he's always been a big fan of Bill Belichick. Uh, A lot of Patriots, obviously, are here. There's a lot of influx of players and coaches. So we've heard it, but they've made it plain and simple. We are the Las Vegas Raiders. This is not Patriots West. So um, I'll retweet the story after the show and let you read it from there.
0: Yeah, Darren Waller was uh, talking about watching some of the film of Gronk and how McDaniels used Gronk.
2: Ups the seams, over routes, catching short passes and just blowing through people. I mean, catching fade balls on the outside. I mean, he's lined up everywhere doing everything, really.
0: He's a guy to admire. Right? They're if all, they're, if, if they're Waller all. could have the uh, touchdown success, especially right. of Gronk, that'd be pretty freaking magical.
1: Stick your hand in there, Dave.
0: So it's interesting. You mentioned, I think you were hinting at, you know, Big Pharma and how out of control things are and really were for a long time. Right? Yep. Stuff like OxyContin. It's funny. I like to show Goliath. Billy Bob Thornton's in it. It's on Amazon. And uh, every season, he kind of, he's an attorney. He's kind of very non traditional, But he'll take on some big power, some Goliath. And I think the last season was about taking on Big Pharma. And uh, the, the whole case, I won't ruin it. But it was really good. Really, it was, I actually think it was probably the best season. So, man, I'm telling you, I'm exasperated, man. This is a good time in TV. There's a lot going on. Are you into anything right now? Or do the Raiders kind of bury you for the last three weeks? And- uh,
1: I'm about to finish Vice Principals. I'm excited. About you are. This. Yeah. Okay, yeah! I'm, I'm about to finish this this show. I supposedly it's not a spinoff, but it's a it's a carryover from The Wire. But it's about corrupt Baltimore police. Uh, we own this city. I think it's in season one. Adam, Adam probably should be really. Adam good. endorsed it. The Wire.
0: The Wire was amazing.
1: Yeah. So I, uh, I'm gonna get into that.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Got to finish Vice Principals though.
0: Dude, I would highly recommend Peaky Blinders. I think it's season six coming up.
1: I it's couldn't basically couldn't it's basically
0: it. British gangsters in the early 1900s. I'll try
1: again. Well, you didn't like it. I couldn't. I couldn't. It didn't. It didn't grab me. But there, the wire didn't grab me when I first tried, and and you guys oh, convinced really? me. So,
0: all right, We'll do what we have to do? oh we want Kenobi, Snowfall,
1: Obi One, Ozark? Stranger
0: snow. Snow. Things. Yeah. No, the what? boys. Boys is out. You gotta like that one.
1: Stick your hand in there, Dave.
0: Why did you send out a plea to play wiffle ball? <laughs> Make it quick! I miss it. So I miss I. it,
1: and I'm tired of. I'm tired that I don't see little kids outside playing. Yep. What are they
0: doing? Play video games or on their smartphones? Let's play some wiffle ball. I would love to pitch to some kid under 12 who's not very active. You better get out of the way because I'm bringing it, and I will hit you real high too, not in the face.